Do you have a name? Well, yes. The podcast is called Waiting for What? I like it. <laughs> it's good. I'm like, I... <laughs> Waiting for what? what? Exactly. Why did, I, why did I wait for this? <laughs> That's exactly it. I'm... Glad to have you here as I dive into chapter five of the book, which I had titled That First Big Year. And this chapter honestly was sort of me processing my own first year of marriage, which was complicated and, and kind of tricky. And so as I was reading the text of the chapter, I, I sort of saw this as a a bit of a life preserver that I wanted to send out to anyone who might be in that season really acknowledging the goodness of that first year of marriage and all that can be awesome about it while also really um, wanting to give some light to the the hard and the overwhelming feeling of that first year of marriage as expectations change and everything can be really different when you live with someone and you're married to them and you're having sex with them. So that was what this chapter was about. I, I laughed a little as I was reading it because I sounded in my writing so positive and confident um, as though I knew the answers to solve all of the first year dilemmas that a reader might have. And I mean, I knew very little. I just, I put a lot of enthusiasm into this chapter, which, you know, I guess that's my way. But um, I had heard a lot before we got married that the first year was really hard. And I am an optimist, so I thought that won't apply to us. That's silly. It's going to be great. And in this chapter, I kind of explain that no, no, in fact, it, it was really hard for us. And it was just like a solitary year of challenge. And we didn't make it easier for ourselves. We had job changes. We lived abroad. My father-in-law broke his back the week before our wedding. So his healing was all a part of our first year. And on top of that, or amidst all of that, we were living together and figuring out sex. So it was honestly one of the hardest years of my life. And I look back on it, you know, far from it now, 12 years later, um, I can see how much we needed to go through that stuff and we've grown so much, but oof, at the time I was like, damn, this first year is really hard. And we, we fought a lot. And I think through the chapter, I kind of just unpacked sort of the things that we went through and the things that I'd heard from other people. Um, I, I was actually like shocked to find myself one time during that first year, literally crying on the bathroom floor. And I almost laughed. Like, I remember being in that experience and being like, what the hell? Like I've heard of people crying on the bathroom floor. I had never experienced that until my first year of marriage. And, you know, the, the flip side of that was like my husband and I, I remember another time got into a fight and we had so much like love that we were able to get through the fight and then kind of on the other side of it, laugh and hug and say, oh, I'm so glad we're married because neither one of us is going to leave. And, you know, that was a really special kind of shift from having dated to them being married 
like we were committed, we were in, we respected each other. We had all the good like foundational things. We were just new to it. And so that was tough, man. And some of the like issues that I really focused on in the chapter and talking to my friends about were the surprises that came up when it when it had to do with sex. And multiple friends reported finding themselves to have really different sex drives than their partners. And, you know, this one was really, I, it, it affected my marriage for sure in that there's so much hype around men and their sex drives and so little focus on women and their sexual needs and drives. And so uh, to like go into our story a little bit, we got married and then six weeks later we went and lived in rural Nicaragua for four months. Um, we can talk at length about like how wise that was, but that was what we did. And given the circumstances, the stress of the work he was doing and the real lack of privacy that we had in the place we were staying in Nicaragua, my husband's interest in sex went from like very high to very low. And so I, uh, like newlywed who had never had sex before was in this like really rough situation where my husband was not that interested in sex and you know our our situation was pretty circumstantial so like once we got back to the U.S. and we were able to work things out and like live in an actual house with a door um and a roof that things improved for us eventually not immediately but eventually but I had other friends who talked about, you know, in less extreme circumstances, they just were really surprised that they wanted sex more than their partner did. And they had no, they had no context for that because they hadn't heard that out in the world. And so I think that's an important thing to just like recognize males and females. Yes, there are these like generalizations that we can make about sex drives. But they're just that, they're generalizations, and individuals are definitely going to find, you know, their own personal needs in marriage and with their partner. They're very personal. The other thing that I had no idea about when I started out marriage is how much these things can change over time. I mean, how much it kind of can go in waves of like, this person is the most interested in sex. This person is not interested in sex. We're both very interested. Neither one of us is very interested. Like over the course of my marriage, I can see these waves and a lot of it has to do with like what's happening in life. Are you in the same place? Is one of you pregnant? Do you have toddlers? I mean, there's, are you sick? Like all these things do come into play. And I now with some longevity can see that that keeps playing out. When I was first married, I thought, you just have to figure these things out once, and then you're good to go for the next 30, 40, 50 years, however much time you get together. Um, that is wrong. That is absolutely wrong. You figure things out, and then new challenges come up, and you might get your sexual like vibe exactly right, and then someone gets sick, or you might be in a great rhythm together, and someone has to travel for a number of weeks, or you might be in a really bad place not at all interested in sex and then your hormones shift or you have you know a really great like experience as a couple in your parenting or in your work and things around your life get better and then sex is great for a while like all these things go together which I didn't totally understand 
um, at the beginning of marriage, for sure, and not even when I was writing about it years after I'd gotten married. So let's see, the other things that I kind of heard and discussed in the chapter that, you know, I thought you dealt with at the beginning and then they were all dealt with forever, which is not at all true, include birth control. Um, that is a big question that you deal with when you begin having sex when you get married, right? But turns out, unless you want to have as many children as God gives you, which some people do, you have to keep addressing the birth control question through the years. And, you know, I have a lot of friends who are still 10 years into marriage trying to have the birth control decision be a collaborative decision between two people who both have to make the decision about having another kid or not. And as women, birth control impacts people in really drastically different ways. And so I, I did in this chapter have one friend share how her sex drive when she got on birth control after getting married just plummeted. And it took her a while to figure out what was going on. And she eventually got off of that birth control and was able to figure out a different, you know, strategy. But it's something to keep in mind for sure that you just don't necessarily know how birth control is going to impact you. And then you definitely might have to keep revisiting that after you've had a child, let's say, or you decide you're not going to have any more kids. Then what is the next step for your, um, your family? So let's see. Another thing that women shared as this first year of marriage kind of unfolded was figuring out their own wellness, like taking care of your lady bits. And it's different when you're having sex. What do you need to do to make sure that your body is healthy? And it is a journey that includes um, hormones that change through the years. So again, I thought this was something that once you got it figured out, you were all set. Nope, not at all. You have to continue to see like, what is your body chemistry? What are your like needs as far as taking care of your, your vagina? That's important. So that's something I think people maybe don't think about when they're thinking about their first year of marriage as an active um, sexual partner. And then another thing that came up, um, I mean, expectations continue to be something that you have to address so that we discussed in this chapter. And then one of the things that uh, kind of came up for myself and my husband in our first year was really facing sexual histories in a way that we hadn't before. And, you know, it wasn't a huge barrier for us to, to get through in discussing sexual pasts, but it was something that we had dabbled, like discussed briefly prior, but during our first year of marriage, we really had to kind of come to terms and, and talk through insecurities. And I do think all that in the end is positive, but it wasn't easy at all. And I definitely in this chapter kind of got into strategies about um, how you could address these things in your first year of marriage. And for me, this was sort of walking down memory lane, but what I really saw in my own writing and my ideas was just what a different road I was on then in in the first year of marriage and then in the few years where I was writing this book early on in our marriage. Um, I recommended prayer and books like the one that we really turned to on our first year of marriage, which was The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. 
I don't refer to that book anymore. I don't... It's not that I don't think it still has value. It's that it's no longer a text that I lean on. And we do, as a couple, still lean on prayer, but we just have a really... Um, I would say more broad vision of where wisdom and connection with God can come from than what we had when we started our marriage in that first year. And finally, in this chapter, I, I kind of started to discuss where sex and emotional states kind of come together. That was something I was really not aware of when I first got married just how much your emotional and mental well-being impact how sex and the experience of sex is. So two friends gave the same advice when we were talking through their first year of marriage, and both of them said, don't shoot your husband down without giving sex at least a little consideration. And I thought that was a good nugget of wisdom for the first year of marriage, and frankly, for every year after, though obviously I... I can't say there haven't been days where my husband didn't get a hell no when I was approached and same thing I've gotten the same that is sometimes what happens but I love that my friends both were like be open to considering what you're you're being asked of and you know hopefully your husband your partner would offer you the same um the whole chapter it turns out was about important communication pieces and how key it is to talking through all the things and it was funny to read back and one friend had shared that she and her husband would have sex and then have these big conversations and kind of like unpack what had just happened and my husband and I would actually have the opposite where we would like start like getting ready to have sex and then we'd get in a fight and then we wouldn't have sex because we were too busy fighting about it and you know you have to kind of realize these patterns and find your way to more healthy communication patterns um and on that note uh, a fair number of women who I talked to about their first year of marriage cited that eventually they realized they needed to get therapy and for some that was critical in their first year of marriage so it was great to read through this chapter and, you know, I really was surprised at how much I thought that sex was just learning and growing in a straight line. And now I know it can be all over the place. So if that's where you are right now, take heart. I think that first year can be so many things. And for us, it was a really hard beginning, but it didn't at all, um, condemn us to a hard marriage it just was a season for us and I think for a lot of people where the learning and the overwhelmedness in the change can be really intense thanks so much for joining me for today's episode and please feel free to share the podcast with anyone who might find it helpful as always, you can find the full text of the chapter on that first big year in the show notes. I'm Jessie Freer-Walters, and this is Waiting for What?